Welcome to the Family Biz Show. According to Family Enterprise USA, family businesses in the U.S. account for over 64% of GDP and employ 62% of the workforce. In other words, they are the backbone of our economy. But success doesn't come easy. Only 13% are operating in the third generation. The Family Biz Show is here to help. Listen in weekly to hear stories from other family businesses and industry thought leaders so that you and your family not only survive, but thrive. Welcome, everybody, to the Family Biz Show. I am your host, Michael Columbus, with Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, Rochester New York. Um, today, we are going to be talking about your why and uh, why it is so important, why it's the um, essential first step in understanding more about yourself and even more so, maybe even how we can take that how, why, uh, how, I'm sorry, your why, how, and what, and then understand how that is effective with the rest of the family as well and inside the business. So today we're joined by Y Institute founder, Gary Sanchez, Dr. Gary Sanchez, Chris Kenny, and Laverne Sessler. Welcome gentlemen, glad to have you all here. Great hey, to be thank here, you. thank you. So the way we always start the show off is, you know, we ask, those that have joined us to kind of tell us about their journey. Um, how did you get to where you are? Where did you come from? And uh, what's the future looking like? So Laverne, if you don't mind starting off as the, as the family business member, um, as um, one other thing to note for the audience is that today is totally unscripted. Uh, we don't have questions. We don't have anything else. We're gonna, Dr. Gary Sanchez and Chris Kenny are gonna work with Laverne to help him discover his why, how, and what live on as we're doing this and then we'll feed in some other things so Laverne tell us about yourself yep um, so I grew up in the construction and demolition industry uh, my grandfather started uh, Sessler companies back in 1958 um, as a family business um, that was then passed down to my aunt my uncle and my father um, and so that's kind of what my life was growing up um, from there, I went to Syracuse University, um, studied engineering, and then also my MBA. Um, right after school, I went from there down to New York City and worked for a construction management firm there, um, outside of the family business for a few years. Um, and then just recently in 2019, came back and joined the family business here in upstate New York. So, um, so right now I'm part of the third generation there's myself, my brother, and a couple of my cousins. Um, and the business is kind of right now mixed between generation two and generation three, um, working through some transition details and helping the business to grow and continue being successful. Great, appreciate you joining us today. Chris. Sure, uh, so presently I am a, a coach along with you, Michael, in the Gravitas Impact community. Um, prior to that, I uh, did a lot of strategic planning work and, and consulting work. Uh, I, have, I have also worked inside of a family-owned business. It was a, a fairly large, um, independently owned 
travel company, travel agency. It was affiliated with American Express. It actually is my wife's uh, family's business. And I worked in that for a number of years. Um, also started a, an HR outsourcing company. And before all of that, uh, I uh, was a lawyer. I practiced um, business law for a couple of large law firms um, in Chicago and Kansas City before moving to New Mexico, which is where I live now. Um, and uh, about five or six years ago, I had the uh, privilege of meeting Dr. Gary Sanchez. And in the context of the work that I do with my clients, including many family-owned businesses, you know, understanding why they do what they do or what the core purpose of the enterprise is, is sort of an essential, not sort of, it is an essential component of my being able to coach them effectively and help them accomplish what they want. And the methodology that I was using at the time, uh, had a chance to describe it to Gary and Gary, uh, you know, introduced me to uh, the methodology that he has developed with the Y Institute now in terms of helping people discover their why. And it was, was and is a far more effective method for helping business owners understand their why and connecting that to the company's core purpose. So that's been my journey. I've been working with this uh, Gary's Why discovery process and applying it with my clients for several years and it's been transformative. Great. Dr. Gary Sanchez, welcome. Tell us about your journey. Thank you, Michael. So uh, I joined my family. So I'm a dentist as well. And my father was a dentist. Uh, and so I joined him in 1988. And the advice that I was given at that time was, if you just do a great job, you know, build a great product and people will come. And so I did that. I spent 20 years going to the best institutes, find, finding the best mentors, building a beautiful facility, hiring a wonderful team and training them and, and getting all the latest technology. So I did build a great product and I took it to a very, very high level, but I can tell you that just having a great product is not enough, right? People become used to that and that's the way things are done. done. And I became very disillusioned. I, I found that my practice was stagnating. It was getting smaller and smaller. It was more and more refined, but it wasn't growing. People weren't talking about the great job we did. And so uh, I knew that I needed to find a better way. And that's when I heard about this concept of why. When you know your why, what you do has more impact. This why, how, what thing that Simon Sinek developed. And I was like, man, that is the missing piece. That's what I don't have. I know what I do and I do it well, but I don't know why I do what I do. So I became obsessed with discovering my why. I called Simon. He and I spent about eight months together trying to figure out my why. I finally figured out my why, which is to find a better way and sh then share it. And once I figured out my why, my life made so much more sense to me. Why I did what I did. I've got lots of patents and products, inventions, all better ways of doing things. My life has always been about finding better ways. And so once I realized that, I went back and figured out what Simon was trying to do and I made it better. And so instead of taking eight months, I could help somebody discover their why in about an hour. And I started doing this with people all over the world. And I started to keep track of all the whys that I discovered. And I figured out there was only nine different whys. So once we figured that out, then we were able to uh, develop the algorithm and write the software 
that you took and Laverne took and, and we're all using now to help people discover their why in, in just a few minutes versus uh, many, many hours. And so it, it's become very helpful in communicating within our family when you know your why. And I'll leave it at that because I know I'm sure you've got some questions uh, already set up and, and let's see where we go. Yeah, so I just want to share with people when I took the, the, the why um, process, when I went through it, the, the discovery process, I'm a, I'm a challenge. Yep. And I will tell you that when I read what you wrote and what, how the description was in there, it really impacted me in a, in a really positive manner. It, it described so many different areas of how I've lived my life because I'm always challenging the, the norm. I was always going against the grain and, and really trying and, 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 and for that reason of really wanted to help my clients because I didn't want to listen to what you know, somebody said was the right way to do things because oftentimes when you follow the herd, in my opinion, you, you end up just getting herd type results. And so, you know, I wanted to challenge the norm. And there was a couple of lines in there. One of them was, you know, people don't always understand you. And, and that just, you know, made so much sense. I have a very small group of friends that get me. And they know that, you know, if you're going to deal with Mike, then, you know, he's, he's always going to challenge the status quo. There's always going to be something that he's looking for. <laughs> it's, you know, that's, that's pushing the envelope. And, and I do that for the relationships, but it, I just loved that. And so mm -hmm. I'm really excited for you, Laverne, today. You know, you took, you took the why um, discovery process and Chris and Dr. Gary are going to walk you through some more about that. So I'm just going to turn it over to the two of you guys. I'll interject every now and again. Um, but why don't you, you know, let, let's start here and then we'll talk about why, why it matters. Chris, would you like me to start or would you like yeah. to start? No, Gary, I think it, I think you ought to dive in. Okay. So Laverne, you, you took the why discovery and it came up with the why of trust. How did that feel to you? Um, so at first thought I, I looked at it and you look at just the word trust and you know what the definition of it is and everything else. And, um, it took me a little by surprise. Um, I wasn't exactly sure what trust meant as far as a why. Um, you know, at first, when I first saw it, I was like, well, I don't do things just so people can trust me and things like that. And then you started reading through um, a lot of the content you had there and, you know, diving deeper into what exactly does that mean in terms of your why. Um, and a lot of it did um, seem to resonate with me and um, was pretty spot on with a lot of the stuff that I was thinking. And it was interesting to read some of that. So it's actually creating relationships based upon trust. So let me, let me outline this for the audience. The why of trust is actually creating relationships based upon trust to be the trusted source, to be the one that others can count on. If you can count on Laverne and he can count on you, the sky's the limit. There's nothing we can't do. But Laverne, how do you feel if somebody breaks your trust? Um, I mean, I think like everybody, you know, you feel betrayed or, you know, you kind of stop going to those people for the answers or different things. And, you know, that a lot of times results in doing things on your own to get to those answers. Um, Does it yeah. just kind of annoy you or is it more a knife in the gut? 
Um, depending on what it is, uh, you know, if it's something that you can't believe they did it or, uh, you know, you put yourself in their shoes and stuff. Um, if it's something that you wouldn't do, it's kind of the knife in the gut, but you know, smaller things, if you can see their perspective, it makes sense sometimes. Do you think it would be valuable for the people that work with you to know that trust is such a big and important part of who you are? Um, I think so. I think it would be valuable for everybody to understand what their why is and have it kind of out there in the open. And that way people know that. So I don't know what the other, um, well, I guess the other seven whys are. Um, I know one of them's challenged now that Mike has said it. Um, <laughs> and better way. But, yep. So yep. here's clarify. <laughs> and clarify. Yes, we've got clarify for Chris. So here's the important thing about the why of trust. If you don't let people know how important that is to you, the odds are they are going to break your trust. They are going to do something that's going to let you down. So I'm going to guess that you probably do get let down or people don't meet up to kind of what your standard of trust is because they don't know. And so as their leader, if you don't let them know, if you don't sit them down and say, look, to me, trust is a very big deal. I need to be able to trust you and you need to be able to trust me. If I say, you know, our meeting starts at eight, I want you to be here at eight. 8.05 is not okay. And they'll understand your actions from the perspective of your why. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it, it makes complete sense. Um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people... You, take it for granted that everybody kind of knows what their why is or everyone shares the same kind of um, values or things, but I'm sure everybody, you know, values trust, but it's ranked differently on different people's agendas. So that's, that's exactly it. Chris, you, did you want to add to that? Well, I was going to say, I mean, that's a great observation. And a couple of times, Laverne, I've heard you sort of refer to, well, I suppose everybody, you know, is going to feel this way or that way. And no, that that's that's not that's not what happens which is why it's having this understanding of what your why is and and having other people in the organization know one another's you know way of filtering information seeing the world and wanting to act is so important because what ends up happening for almost all of us is we assume you know that's a dangerous word but we presume let's say that people view the world the same way we do and that's dangerous because quite often they don't and in fact generally they don't that's one point the other i wanted to just make really quickly was that your why is is a fabulous one for inside of an organization and as a leader uh there is a a, a principle that michael and i use in in the work that we do it's around Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team. And, and actually, if you flip it around, it's what are the five attributes that make up a great team, including a business organization, a relationship with, a, you know, with your spouse, whatever. Anyway, it's built on these five attributes. And the number one attribute that drives successful teams is trust. Trust among the members of the team. It is the essential first step in building a great team, just as 
knowing what your why is the is in the essential first step in understanding yourself and and others anyway i'll stop there i love it can we you know what are some of the challenges that laverne may face when he's you know has the the you know the the why of trust so laverne uh, recently i was having a beer with a buddy and his friend joined us and he says to me, hey, Gary, have you told Matt about this why thing that you do? And I said, well, you know what? Instead of, instead of uh, me talking to about him about it, let's have him discover his why and then we'll have a conversation about it. And so he sat and did his why and it, and it came up as trust, just like yours. And so I said, uh, you know, Matt, some of the challenges that you might face is that if people break your trust, it's going to be hard for them to ever get it back. And so he said, you know what, that just happened to me today. He said, one, turns out this guy's the commander of the uh, Kirtland Air Force Base. And he said, it just happened to me today. One of my uh, members of my group was in a car accident and he said it was just a fender bender. And that's all he told me. But then I get a call from the guys, the, the commander of the guy that he hit. And he says, hey, what are we gonna do about these two? And I said, well, what do you mean? He, I mean, he said, what do you mean? He goes, you didn't hear what happened, huh? And he's like, no. He said, well, this was a road rage thing where your guy ran my guy off the road and into a fence. And he's like, well, that's not what I was told. And so he said, this guy didn't know that he could trust me, didn't give me all the information, made me look bad. And now I can never trust this guy again. And so your challenge is gonna be what we talked about earlier letting people know how important trust and the relationship is to you. Relationship with themselves, relationship with you, relationship with the clients, all of those things need to be addressed up front so that they don't break it. And once they know it, once you articulate that, Laverne, they can then raise their hand and say, yeah, you know what, Laverne, I believe the same thing. I'm not going to break your trust. I'm not going to let you down. You can count on me. And that's when you're going to have that team around you that just soars. You guys are going to do amazing things. Like Chris said, you have a wonderful why for a leader. You couldn't really have much of a better one. So you're in a great spot there. What is your title? What is your current title there? Um, <laughs> so it's funny you ask. So right now, um, there's generation two. Um, who's kind of the leaders of the company. Um, we have, you know, a couple of different companies underneath Sessler companies um, in different industries. And right now, Generation 3, who's myself, my brother, and three of my cousins, um, we're kind of all intermixed within the company, um, different leadership roles here in the field or out in the office. Um, don't necessarily have a title right now. Um, I'm kind of doing whatever it takes and whatever, wherever in the company needs me. Um, and that's kind of where I'm fitting in right now. So, you know, it's a, it's a mix of everything. For the first half of the year, I was out in the field on a job site. Um, the last couple months here, I've been in the office working on the financial side and some of the estimating and stuff like that. But um, really kind of wherever, wherever I'm needed in the companies where I've been lately. So when you're in those different roles, how important are the relationships to you? Um, so it's, it's really important. Um, and one of the things that you mentioned that, that makes a lot of sense or 
um, kind of triggered something was um, how you, when you were talking about um, your friend that you had a beer with and the fender bender, um, you know, he went and told other people that it's only a fender bender, right? So you're trusting people, right? If you get information from a colleague or somebody you work for or who's underneath you or anything else, you're taking that information and, you know, at its face value, trusting them that that's right. And then you're moving that up the chain or going and talking to somebody else and you're putting your whole reputation on the line. So, you know, one little thing, if they might not value trust and they're like, oh, it's not a big deal if he has the details or anything like that. And then, you know, I turn around and convey that same message to somebody where I value the trust a little bit more, you know, then I find that out. It's, you know, it's not necessarily the impact that, oh, he, he wasn't completely trustworthy with me or like fibbed a little or something like that. You know, that's not a big deal, but it's the fact that I took that information and now my reputation is kind of on the line with other people that that's been passed on to. Yes. So. I'm just going to jump in real quick. You know, it reminds me of a story about Alan Mullaly. And when he took over as CEO of Ford, that... The, the leadership team would keep coming to him and he would ask, how's everything going? What's going on for you guys? Where are you at? And every kept, everybody kept saying, green lights, everything's good, we're on track. And then month after month, quarter after quarter, they kept missing their numbers. And finally, you know, Alan you know, has a heart to heart with them to say, hey guys, you know, um, what's going on here? we can't come in every week, every month and be in every quarter being, you know, everything's green light. And then you get to the end of the quarter and say, Oh, I missed my number. It, they, they don't compute. He goes, do you not trust me enough to know that I can handle the truth? I, I want the truth. And I want you to be able to have that relationship with me. Can you explain to me why this isn't happening? And what they said was the last CEO, every time they came in, if they had a yellow light or, or a red light, even worse, things were, weren't going the right way, they'd get yelled at. And so to avoid being yelled at, they would just always say, we're going to green light everything. So that's a really, you know, knowing this for you, Laverne, and having those conversations with people to say, you know, I need you to know that you can trust me even if we fail. That's really important. Nothing, Chris, you know, well, I, one other thing that I see in the value behind this, uh, a couple of points, uh, and it's true of every team, but boy, in a family owned business, holy smokes, is this, is this important because, you know, you have that history of knowing one another or knowing when, you know, your, your brother said something at the Christmas party at your house that pissed everybody off. You know, I mean, you kind of remember all of that stuff right so you have a history and it's very easy to fall into a, this notion of presuming that you know the motivation behind why somebody may be behaving a certain way or saying certain things or whatever and what i found with the uh this why discovery when and particularly when you do the why the how and the what which are all three components of the what we're calling the YOS, the Y operating system, when you know all of those three components, what it really is saying is these are the things that are important to me. And um, it, it, they're not good or bad, right or wrong. There's nothing better than any other, right? But these are the things that are important to me. So for you and your family, knowing uh, and employees who work with you, knowing that trust is something you value highly, right? Well, 
if you're going to get anything done in this world, it's by and through people. And so you want to be, you know, engineers like to be efficient with things and with people. And the challenge for a lot of those kinds of folks is, you know, you really need to focus on being effective. And to be effective, you need to understand what's important to the other person in addition to knowing what's important to you so you can communicate what's important to you. And when you have those kinds of things going on and then you create a healthy environment in which the people involved in the organization are there to support one another, bring out the best in one another, um, this is a great way to gain insight into the things that matter to everybody else in the organization. And, and by putting a label on it, Gary will probably talk a little bit more about the limbic brain and stuff and you know, these names that we give things, whether it's challenge or clarify or trust, they are verbal articulations of, of a feeling. And, and that's very hard to put into words. And we've done our best to, to give them succinct kind of definitions. But what's important here is that, you know, when you know this about yourself, when you know this about another person, right, you can be far more effective. Uh, and it's, you know, not just that, you know, my brother's a jerk, he's always been a jerk. Well, no, your brother values challenging the status quo. It's not personal. What he brings to the world, his great gift to the world is to view situations very differently. And he's not trying to be a pain to you personally, but he just feels that he's contributing something when he offers up a different perspective on it. So I think in family businesses, understanding this is uh, really, really important. Laverne, have you ever felt like you put somebody in the wrong place? You asked somebody to do something and it turned out they weren't the right one to do that? Um, like, yeah. yeah. So as you grow in larger and larger and become more and more of a leader there, you're going to find, you know, you're going to have to pick people for certain uh, positions or yep. jobs Right. And, and how do you do that? That's yeah. challenges. It, so there's definitely uh, challenges with that. I mean, all the way from, you know, the leadership of the company down to the field laborers or anybody else, you know, A to Z in the company of where they fit in best and, um, you know, what are their motives and stuff and where can they excel within the company? Um, there's been a lot of scenarios where we've you know put somebody in a certain position and 10 months later a year later you're talking to that person and you wonder how they ended up doing what they're doing and that's where they belong and you know eventually they get to the right spot um but it, it's tough right off the bat and you know a lot of times new hires and people you bring on you don't know right away you know where they fit in um fortunately if you have people you know, in companies that you have relationships with and can talk to people that know them, you can help get to the end goal quicker of putting them in the right place. Um, but yeah, a lot of it's just, you know, trial and error and trying to figure out where they uh, fit in. And more often than not, I think, you know, you talk to anybody, they eventually get to that spot where they're excelling the most. Um, and, you know, eventually it gets there, but it, it's just a matter of how long it takes. And, you know, there's a bunch of factors that go into that. So, well, eventually it can be a long and expensive road, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Even, you know, even like I said, I'm not sure exactly what my position is uh, right now. <laughs> you know, I think G3 
three, who's, you know, the third generation of the company, um, for the majority of us, I think that would be the answer you get from almost anyone. Um, and it's kind of, you know, you come into the company doing, you know, where you can contribute the most and stuff to the success of the company. And like you said, eventually is a, a long road, but, um, you know, if there's, I think everybody's going to find where they fit into the companies the best and, and, 10 years or five years, you're going to look back and say, you know, this is the right spot of where everybody fits in and it's working well. And we're not really sure how we got here, but it's, you know, it's all ended up and working well. You're gonna, you, yeah. Hope. Yeah. That's exactly what I yeah, just said. You got to go smoke some hopium. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so if I were to put you, if I were to hire you for my company and I put you in a position where you get to develop relationships with people. You get to be the trusted source. You get to be the one that people go to when they need answers for things. You get to develop all of these relationships. Would you enjoy that? Um, I would. I would. And uh, something I was just thinking about that triggered something else is um, I did an internship uh, back several quite a few years ago. Um, and I was kind of on that outside, right, where I was coming up with the data and everything else and presenting it. Um, and it was for a larger company and I was presenting it to, um, it was a, not a senior executive, but um, like in a, basically like two levels down from that. And he basically took all of my information without questioning it, turned it around and presented it to like the executives of the company. And, you know, for me, I'm sitting in my chair shaking, hoping that it's right and everything else. But, um, you know, from that one action and that one meeting from there on out, you know, he put that level of trust in me that he trusts whatever I'm doing. And I made sure that for the rest of the entire time there, that anything that I was giving him and stuff was A to Z checked through and everything else. So um, it's interesting, just one action from the leadership level down to that, you know, just showing that you openly trust you know, where you're getting the information and the people beneath you um, kind of works the opposite way in the fact that you're going to get better information and that level of trust from those people as well. And see, that's how you see the world. And that's what's important to you. Now, if you know the why, how and what of all of your family members, all of your team members, everybody in your organization, it will be so much easier for you to A, create that trusting relationship with them, B, put them in a place where they will have passion for what they do. They'll love what they're doing. Just like I asked you, if I put you in a place where Pete, you get to live your why of creating trusting relationships, will you like that? And you're like, yeah, so I would love that. Where I can be the trusted source, that's what I want to do. Well, if I put you in that spot, I know you're going you're gonna to excel there. Now, you can now go do the same thing with everybody else in your organization. Put the right people in the right place where they're passionate about what they're doing. And that's how you create an inspired organization, an inspired team where everybody loves coming to work and they love what they're doing. Otherwise, you got to rely on hope, right? You're going to put them in a position and sneak into your office real quick and put your hands together like this. And then you're going to start to pray. You're like, oh, my God, please. Did I put them in the right spot? And then you'll know eight months later. You know, yeah. and I, I was thinking about that example in, in the converse could equally have occurred in that situation, right? Let's say that the boss that you went to was either Michael or Gary. 
and you presented your information to Michael, who's big into challenging presumptions and assumptions and the way that you put your data together. And he starts firing off stuff to you like, what is this? Why did you, how about this? Have you thought of it this way or whatever? Or Gary, you know, better way people have a similar, well, you know, if you took this data and you presented it this way, instead of the way you presented it to me, you know, on a, you'd probably walk out of there with your tail between your legs thinking, you know, and you as a trust person may feel as if, you know, you were just kind of shot down and that may put your guard up relative to Gary or Michael. And, and the relationship is now off, you know, on a, on a negative trajectory that's probably going to take a lot of, you know, working out over, the, over time. Whereas if you know this stuff up front about one another and you know walking into Michael's office, the chances are very good that whatever you give him, he's going to be looking at it from a different perspective and challenging your assumptions and all the rest of it. It's just who he is right? It isn't about the relationship is flawed. It's about this is the way Michael, you know, feels like he's adding value to the world. And same with Gary. So, I mean, knowing this stuff about one another, we just, we're just repeating the same message. It's just so helpful. Chris, can I, you've done this with lots of different companies. Can you just look at somebody and know what their why is? 99. I mean, I can think that I do, but I, I don't go by that anymore. No way. No I way. Can't. Because, because again, you fall into the presumption thing and, and 99 times out of a hundred, that's incorrect. Yes. So when you get this, you know, validated in a, you know, five minutes, quite frankly, is all less than that really is all this app takes. Um, now I'm in a much better position to understand how to communicate with the person, not in a manipulative manner, but more in a, in a way of being able to establish rapport with the person. So um, it's really helpful. Well, one of the things that happens in family businesses is, is it can be really easy to misinterpret things. Well, in any business, in any business, right? Somebody does something and you attach meaning to it and you don't know what that, and so typically you attach a negative meaning to it and now you're ticked off about something and that isn't even what actually happened or the way that they, you know, want, that's not their thinking about what happened. But when you know somebody's why, Laverne, you can see what they're doing from the perspective of how they think and you'll understand it at a completely different level. It'll make sense to you. Oh, okay, I get, I get what Michael's doing. He's challenging the status quo. He's wanting us to think differently. He's wanting us to think bigger. Whereas other people may think of Michael as, why is he being a pain in the whatever again? Well, you know, why won't he just accept any of this? He won't. That's just how he is, right? He's going to challenge it. And so you'll see what he does from the perspective of why he does it and you will understand it and you will value it because when you need to think outside the box, when you, when things aren't working and you've been trying the same thing, you can go to Michael and say, Hey, Michael, what do you think about this? And he'll get you outside of that box you've put yourself in. Is that making sense? It, it does. And the more you talk about that, the more I now realize uh, why Michael's a challenge. Uh, why, yes. So. <laughs> 
and you can smile about it now and you can yep. laugh about it like you are versus kind of underneath your breath kind of snicker about man that guy's a pain in the butt man he just always is causing this well that's what he does that's what why you hired him what does he yep. mean that BHAG isn't big enough <laughs> this is great to turn to turn michael's show like against him it's, no, it's, this is actually helping because, you know, when, when people understand that, you know, as a coach, I'm the challenge guy, I'm coming in with exactly that reason to say, why are you taking that as okay? That's, what do you mean? You know, there's, there's always, you know, I don't want to say better way because that's a whole nother thing, but it's to challenge them and it is challenge them to be a better way to, to, to get to the next level. Um, and and, and the great thing for you, the great thing for you, Michael, is you know as you're talking with prospective customers, right? Protective prospective CEOs, you can say to them very clearly, "Look, this is who you get when you get me." And if you're not up for somebody challenging your thinking and questioning the way you're doing things and pushing you in new directions, right? I'm not your guy. Yeah. And it's okay. It, it's perfectly okay. And I just want to point, you know, so Laverne, you know, putting the right people in the right seats is what Gary was talking about before. I mean, we all know that um, the skill set that everyone brings to their particular function in a company and their experience, et cetera, is all really, really important. But we also know that that isn't the whole package. Right, you get the the entire emotional side. You get what you get with Chris Kenny are the the filters through which I view my work, my position in the company, my value to the company, etc. And and if you don't understand that as a leader, it's far more difficult for you to put the right people in the right seats, right, with the right skill sets, obviously, right. Um, but putting them in places where they will thrive and they'll thrive, not just because they have the skill set to do the work, but because the nature of the job at your particular company calls on them to express the best of themselves and their personal Y formula or their YOS fits that job function in your company absolutely perfectly. Whereas, you know, it may be a complete dysfunction, even though the same skill set could be applied in a different role in your company or in a different company altogether, right? The fact that what you're looking for them to do draws upon their why, how, and what, because you know it, and you put them in that role, oh man, watch them take off. It, it, I've seen it time and time and time again. It's really powerful for, as a leader, to be able to have a, a, a method for putting the right people in the right seats. Love it. What I want to, let's change gears a little bit and can, you know, I don't know if we're, I don't want to run out of time. I want to get it, dig into the, 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 Iowa, you know, the, the OS formula and talk about his how and his what. Do you want to dive into that a little bit, Gary? Well, we could. It's just we. He doesn't know the nine whys yet. That would be the challenge. So I can, I can, I can. Um, let me quickly go through the nine whys with you, Laverne. And as I'm telling you the nine whys, I want you to be thinking about. You'll probably say, "Well, you actually, I'm part of all those, or all of those are in me," and that's true. 
But what I want you to be thinking about is which one of them is how you create trust with people. And lastly, what it is people can ultimately count on from you. So let me give you an example. My why is to find a better way. How I do that is by making things clear and understandable. And then ultimately what I bring is a simple solution. So one of the nine whys is my why, one of the nine whys is my how, and one of the nine whys is my what. So my why is better way, my how is clarify, and my what is simplify. So let me quickly go through the nine whys with you and let's see what we can come up with here. Okay. It'd be easier if, if we'd had a little more time to do that, but well, let's see what we can do. So the, the first why is contribute, to contribute to a greater cause, add value, have an impact in the lives of others. These are people that want to help. They don't have to be the thing. Well, here we go. They're coming up on the screen. So the first one is contribute. Okay, they don't have to be the thing, but they want to be part of it. They want to make a difference in the lives of other people. The second why, which is your why, is to create relationships based upon trust, to be the trusted source, to be the ones that others can count on, right? If you can count on them and they can count on you, the sky's the limit. But if you break their trust, that's a really big deal. The third why is to make sense out of things, especially if complex or complicated. These are people that you can pretty much dump all your stuff onto them and they'll quickly synthesize the problems down to uh, what, what's actually going on so that you can understand it and move through it. So they help you move forward by helping you solve your problems. The fourth why is to find a better way and share it. These are people that are good at innovating, taking something that's already there and finding better ways to do it, improve upon it. They are always asking the question, how can we make it better? The fifth why is to do things the right way in order to get results. These are structure, process, systems people. They wanna get predictable, consistent results so they follow things that work. The sixth why is to think differently and challenge the status quo. This is uh, Michael's why. These are people that think outside the box. They do things their own way. Who says we have to do it that way? Who says we have to follow the recipe? Let's do it our own way, right? This was Steve Jobs why, or Kelleher, Richard Branson. They all thought, think big, think differently. The seventh why is to seek mastery and understanding. These are people that like depth and breadth and details. They take the simple and make it complex by diving deep into it. So for you and I, it's maybe three steps to cook a scrambled egg. For them, it's 28 steps because they know something about every single step. The eighth why is clarify or create clarity. These are people that wanna make sure that things are crystal clear. They are fully heard and fully understand, and they fully understand what you're saying. They're the person that kind of sits up on the fence and waits to get uh, clear on what direction to go. But once they're clear, then they're ready to take off. And then the last why is simplify, to simplify or make understandable. These are people that take the complex and break it down to its simplest form. Because when it's simple, it's easy to understand and everybody can use it. Don't give them the fluff. Don't beat around the bush. Just tell me like it is. Um, so those are the nine whys. So your why is to create relationships based upon trust. Now of the remaining seven whys, which of those feels to you, Laverne, how you go about creating trusting relationships? Um, I, I would say probably number three, to make sense out of things, you know, especially if complex or complicated, you know, that I see myself doing that a lot is trying to you know, 
diving deep into things, not necessarily to overcomplicate or, you know, like you were saying with number seven to make, making a scrambled egg into 28 steps, but rather to, you know, dive into it and really understand it to make sense out of it and kind of bring it back to something that I can use, I guess, to make those relationships. Yep. Okay. So if your why is to create relationships based upon trust and how you do that is to make sense of the complex and challenging of the remaining seven, which of those is what you ultimately bring or what we can count on from you? Um, I would say probably number four, um, finding a better way. So, you know, all of it together, you know, you're diving into things really to try and make sense out of it and, you know, present it and build those relationships. But the end goal is to really find a better way or more efficient or um, just an overall more successful way to do things. So is it, do you feel more successful when you're able to find a better way or when you're able to find the right way? Is it more important that things are better or more things that things are more important that things are predictable and consistent? Uh, <laughs> can they be both? Yeah. Um, so I, I think finding a better way, um, as long as, you know, it's not the wrong way. And I, I'm not exactly sure, you know, the interpretation of the right way, right? Because everything you want to do, you want it you know, done properly or done right. Um, but there's always, you know, that room, is there a better right way to do things? You know, are we doing things inefficiently or can we find a, a better way to do it? It's not necessarily saying the old way was wrong. It's just um, not the best way. So is, uh, are you somebody that likes to follow structure processes and systems? Do you create those types of things? I would say yes, yep. Yeah, because usually if you're, if why you're doing it is to create trust, then what you bring is probably something consistent and predictable so that people can trust you. And better way people tend to change things all the time. Are you constantly changing things or are you looking for something that's more predictable? um, Now that we go more into it, I would say probably... the way you're going is to do things the right way or more predictable, like you're saying. Yeah, that's what I, so, so if, if we were to look now at your why and your how and your what, tell me how this feels to you. So my why is to create relationships based upon trust, to be the trusted source. Now, how I do that is by making sense of the complex and challenging things that we face. And ultimately what I bring is the right way to move forward and get predictable results. Yeah, I, that sounds pretty good. Um, I mean, Mike knows me too. I don't know if he has any comments on that as well, but. No, that, that sounds spot on to, to how you do things. We've, and it, what's really unique is Laverne is the, you know, the, the one that has been with the company the, the least amount of time. So we've spent the, you know, we've spent some time together, but just in that, you know, that sequence, you can see that come right out every single time with what you're doing. So Laverne, if I had you on my team, I would now understand your thinking and I would understand your decision-making process. So 
your why, how, and what are also your decision-making process. So for you, it's, if I had an idea that I wanted to present to you, if I came and showed it to you, but it doesn't really uh, create better relationships with people, it's not really that logical and it's not going to get us predictable results. How do you think you'd feel about that idea? Um, I would be okay with it. I probably wouldn't be, you know, all for it. I think, you know, I'd rather do it kind of following that, the what and the how. That we just so you'd be okay about. if it didn't create uh, predictable results or trust? Um, I wouldn't be against it necessarily. I, I wouldn't be all for it though. Yeah. So if I said, Hey, um, Laverne, let me show you how this is going to create better relationships with our clients. Let me show you how this makes sense. And let me show you how this is going to get us predictable, consistent results. Now, how do you feel about it? Much better. You probably could convince me of pretty much doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's your so decision-making process. See? Yeah. What's so, great about this is that, oh, sorry, Gary. No, no, go ahead. Well, you know, in, in the work that we do, Michael and I, in coaching, and I'm sure you've seen, uh, Laverne, is this whole notion of disagreeing and committing, right? As a leadership team, you know, you come into the room, you, you each view things, big decisions for the business through these filters, right? This YOS filter is, is going to be your primary way that you're evaluating things. And a lot of it, you know, it's unconscious, unconscious up until today. <laughs> up until now. Now you know that as, as decisions are being kicked around the, the leadership team, these are the filters you're applying to the issue at hand. And when we as coaches invite the leadership team to disagree, what we're really asking them to do is take a look at the issue, you know, in effect, apply this YOS to it and, you know, say your piece, right? Get it out on the table. Let's talk about it. But finally, when we ask you as a leadership team to speak with one voice to the rest of your organization, when we've decided that this is the way we're going to go, right, you as a leadership team need to speak with one voice. But what Gary is talking about here is, you know, th this is the process that in effect you're going to be going through as you're evaluating and debating with your fellow members of the team. And as a leader in the company, your ability to know this about the other people on the team and their ability to know this about you is really good. Because if you are being asked to commit to something, somebody who is in a leadership role on, on your leadership team, if they were smart, they would be putting this decision in the context of how is what we're about to do when they're talking to you, Laverne, how is what we're about to do? How is it going to create relationships based on trust? How does it help us make sense of our world and our client's world in a better way? And then how is this the right way to move ahead? Because if they can speak to you in that language, you're going to be much more prone, it seems to me, to understanding the issue and being able to actually commit to it coming out of that leadership team meeting. And so you know, that, that again is sort of the power of, of having this knowledge, not in a, again, not in a manipulative way, but how do I speak to Laverne so that Laverne really sees this uh, issue through his three primary filters? Right. 
I think it goes hand in hand with once you start to do these things with every member of your leadership team and your family, then it really starts to, to help you to understand, you know, you know that your uncle's going to want to hear it differently than your father's going to want to hear it, than your brother's going to want to hear it. And, and if you can filter those pieces through and help people to, to get there, we can get on the same page faster. That's one of the things to think about through the, the last 18 months of working there. A lot of times there's lots of ideas and lots of discussion, but making that commitment to say, let's move forward all together isn't always easy. And that's one of the things that we've been, been working on you know, in putting those together. Everybody gets a voice, now let's move forward. I often say to my, I often say to my clients, you know, look, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? And when it comes to working with people, and that's the only way you're going to get anything done, it's far better to make a choice to be effective. Well, this gives you a tool for being much more effective with people. Again, not in a manipulative way, but in a way in which you are speaking their language or you're speaking to them in a manner uh, where what they find important is part of the conversation. Laverne, let me ask you, do you have any questions or comments or thoughts, something that's coming, anything that's coming up for you that you'd like addressed before we, you know, we get um, to wrap up time? No, no specific questions. Um, I, you know, the value in this, just the way, you know, you guys are phrasing it now at the end that I know my why, how, and what is, um, you know, eye-opening. I think, you know, it is something that'd be beneficial to know about, you know, the family and leaderships and stuff like that. Um, you know, like you're saying, not to manipulate people or anything else, but to understand where everybody's coming from. And, you know, I, I mean, you've seen it, the personalities and everything vary greatly amongst different people in the family. And I think, you know, everybody you know, it can create conflicts here and there and also a lot of good resolution, um, but to understand where everybody's coming from and the reasons behind the way they're going about things, um, it would make a lot more sense and um, I think create, you know, better teamwork and everything amongst the family and leadership. Yeah, a, a while ago, we did the, the DISC, you know, profile for everybody and that was helpful I would say, I'd almost think about this as the difference between 2D and 3D. And it was a, it was a 2D look at somebody to know their DIS, you know, S and C. But when you start to know it from that standpoint of the why, how, and what, you, you really start to get 3D because that whole decision process, that whole thinking process comes through. Does, it, yeah, does that sound right, Gary? Well, so your DISC is awesome. Myers-Briggs is awesome. Colby's awesome. Those are great assessments, but those are how you take action. The why is why you take action. And so if you don't know your why, you're not starting at the right level. It's like a GPS. If you don't know where you are and you're just talking about where you want to go, you don't have enough information to, to get there. And so this is the starting point. Uh, the DISC is not the starting point. It's a, it's a, place along the journey. And so once you now look at your disc from the perspective of your why, how, and what, you'll see it totally differently. So it was great that you were able to do the disc. This will make it much more, uh, it'll give you more depth. Great. And it's easy. Any last comments, uh, Chris, Gary, anything that, this was phen phenomenal. And you did a great job of 
I, I didn't give you a lot of time, but it was really neat to see how that that went through. And I think that was helpful to for everybody. You know, if if they wanted to do this themselves or they wanted to do this with their family business, obviously, you know, contact Chris, um, contact myself. You can go to the Y Institute directly. Um, you know, there's resources out there to do to do that. Why don't you know each of you, you know, take a second, wrap up, and then tell people how they can reach you. That would be great. So Here. last thing I would say on that is, you know, you must know them in order to lead them. And this will give you that tool to really get to know them. And so if you want to get a hold of me, the best way would be through the Y Institute. You can find me on LinkedIn too, but just go to the Y. My, my recommendation is your first step would be to, to talk to either Michael or Chris and work with them to discover your why. And I'll be there if you need me, but these guys are experts as well. I mean, they're the experts in the coaching. I'm the expert in developing the why. These are the guys you really want to work with in your business. Uh, and they can help you in discovering your, your why, your how, and your what, just like we did today for Laverne. And Laverne, thank you for letting me walk you through that process. I know you didn't know where we were going to go, but I appreciate your uh, being, being uh, ready and able to, and willing to do it. No, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, it was very beneficial to myself. And I think, you know, to everybody that would be watching this, it's beneficial just to see how that process works and um, taking me through it. I, I appreciate it. Um, as far as my contact information, um, anybody could reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, or if you want to send me an email, it's laverne at sesslerwrecking.com. Um, any of that will work. So great. Thank you, guys. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be here. I, uh, yeah, LinkedIn is probably the best way to, to find me. I'm happy to speak with anybody about, you know, so what do you do with this why, how, and what stuff uh, inside a company to help build a great culture? You know, many of you have probably heard the notion that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, and this is an essential first step in you know, really building out a great culture and putting people in the right seats and enabling them to thrive. Um, that's really, I think, the, uh, the, the most significant benefit of utilizing this tool uh, and then complementing it, as Gary said, with DISC or Myers-Briggs or whatever it is, um, is, a, is a great additional tool. But this is really the thing that will help you understand yourself and your people um, so that you and they can thrive in doing what you're doing. So I strongly encourage you to, you know, go to the Y Institute, but if you want to reach me, LinkedIn is great or get in touch with uh, Michael. So thanks for having us. Appreciate being here. Beautiful. Thank you, everybody. My name is Michael Columbus. This is the Family Biz Show uh, from Family Wealth and Legacy in Rochester, New York. If we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Family Biz Show. We appreciate your time and trust to deliver the best guests and most cutting-edge information to help you maximize your family business. Being part of a family is tough. Add a business to that, and it gets even tougher. Tune in next week as we strive to ease your journey with The Family Biz Show. The content presented is for informational and educational purposes. The information covered and posted are views and opinions of the guests and not necessarily those of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Michael Columbus is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. 
Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Financial Affiliates and other fine companies. Family Wealth and Legacy, LLC, is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.